Hi everyone, welcome to Lit Crit Podcast. I'm Gabrielle McElroy. I'm your host and I cannot believe I've been saying those words, guys. It has been too long since I have sat down and recorded and I'm really sorry about that. It has been kind of a crazy year. University picked up a lot more than I had been planning on. I'm a double major. I do English and poli-sci, as you guys know, and it has just been so busy and I took on a leadership role from one of the organizations that I was involved in. And that was a lot on me and something had to give. And unfortunately, it was the podcast and I want to come back to it. It's been something that I posted on sporadically through my Instagram page throughout the year, but I haven't had time to sit down and dedicate it to it. And this is the time. Like it's the summer. I have the time to sit down and dedicate to it. I have the time to record and read and just do what I want to do. And so I wanted to get back to you guys and I just can't wait to start reading with everyone again and recording and sharing my thoughts on all these books. And I'm just so excited. And I hope that everyone has been well and that everybody has been good. And I appreciate everyone that has stuck by me, even though I literally only have three podcasts up on the website right now, which I'm going to change. Don't worry. I plan to change that today. I'm going to get this posted up tonight and let everyone know on my Instagram starting tomorrow so I'm literally so excited just to be back with you guys and to just start this journey up again so I am dedicated I am committed and I cannot wait to start talking books and so for my first book back I decided to read the much anticipated series I've been anticipating at least Crave by Tracy Wolf now this was an interesting read for me I don't know about you guys that have read it or guys that haven't read it but when I first saw it I was like, this is Twilight reincarnated. And that's what a lot of people have been saying. And that has been the main conversation slash complaint about it is that it's too similar to Twilight and that it's the feminist version of Twilight, which I could see. I could see how it could be the feminist version of Twilight. But also this book does a lot of things that Twilight doesn't necessarily do. But at the same time, there are a lot of similarities. And when I was reading the book, I was like, oh. I was like, this is this is Twilight all over again. But they say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And it's actually kind of funny as I'm opening up my book, um, the author's note, Tracy Wolf, she dedicates it to her boys who've always believed in her and for to Stephanie Meyer, who helped her believe in herself again. And so I thought that was a really sweet note to write in there, but it also lets us know that there is some influence of Twilight in the book and you can see that as you're reading it's definitely an overarching theme running throughout the book um but I want to compare those similarities I want to talk about those differences I want to talk about how the work's seen on its own to a degree but before we do all that as you guys know we have to jump into the cover so basically the first thing that I noticed is that the cover is very similar to Twilight it's got that simplistic view about it I also think that what is similar and to a degree from the Twilight series just kind of looking at it it it's about vampires you can obviously tell that there's a vampire element to this the V and Crave is shaped like a fang or like vampire and the V is dripping down red which is supposed to be blood and this white pure flower has become stained with this blood so we can already kind of guess that it's going to take 
the avenue of vampires and it also says take a bite just from the front cover i think it's kind of a really cool front cover i think it's a pretty front cover the thing that i really liked about this book is that the edges are kind of not frayed to a degree but it feels like old paper and i thought that was a really fun like little thing and then i was i was reading it just the pages felt so different in my hand than just a regular clear-cut book would so i did like that element of it i thought that was kind of a fun thing that she did um so that was cool i like that a lot but enough with the cover we're going to move on to the work so what i really enjoyed about the book was that there was a lot of references to 2022 modern day which kind of surprised me because i think a lot of time in fantasy worlds they go the opposite direction authors usually do they create this world that has nothing to do with anything that's happening in modern day times and she actually put in a lot of references to things that are happening now like she talked about a Harry Styles t-shirt and I kind of freaked out because let's be honest he wasn't freaking out over Harry Styles right now he is absolutely amazing I mean I've literally been listening to as it was in my car for probably I don't know three weeks on end and I just am singing as it was as it was by Harry Styles and it's like the greatest moment of my life when I'm singing carpool karaoke and I want James Corden to be there but James Corden is not there um but maybe one day maybe one day we'll be singing as it was with James Corden on a book podcast that'd be kind of fun but um it has modern day references it talks about Harry Styles it talks about the show The Legacies by the CW she has this intersectionality of 2022 with this fantasy world that she's built so kind of to start off to give you guys the summary the story follows our main character grace who ends up at a boarding school in alaska after her parents are killed in a car crash and she doesn't have any other family besides her uncle finn and her cousin and her cousin Macy, who I really enjoyed. I thought her character was a lot of fun, but she ends up going to live at this boarding school and she doesn't know anybody. It's literally Alaska. It's freezing outside. And it's the boarding school, first off, is kind of right outside Denali. And so when I heard Denali, I was like, okay, that's kind of like a note to Stephanie Meyer. And I was like, that's probably the only thing that we're going to see. But as the book progressed, that was not the only thing that we were going to see. Similar to Twilight. But it kind of did start off on that note of like, okay, Denali, we're giving a nod to the cousins in Stephanie Meyer's world that lived there. But Grace ends up in this boarding school because she has nowhere else to go. But this boarding school is different. And you get that vibe immediately just by the way everyone is acting towards her, especially when Jackson, the most popular boy in school who like has all this power, comes up and kind of warns her from being anywhere near this boarding school he's like basically go home like I don't want you here nobody wants you here like you don't need to be here and their conversation I think originally starts out as like this scare tactic where Jackson's like just like leave just like don't be here but the conversation turns more into this like intense like tension moment between them where it went from tension of I can't stand you to like Maybe there's something here romantically for a second because they connect on this level of like they've both lost people. And Jackson doesn't get his way of scaring her off, um, but basically insists to her that she needs to be careful, watch her back. There are people that are after her. And we as the 
reader know that there's something different about these kids we assume that there's something supernatural going on just based off of the front cover and kind of what we've read and macy the cousin who i absolutely adored like her obsession with all things hot pink her just bubbly personality her want to introduce grace into her world i think is something so special and the fact that she like tries to take care of her cousin is something so special and so meaningful and it kind of reminds me of like I don't know, like, family is forever. Like, there's family bond. And, like, she... Grace has literally been through the worst year of her life. And Macy is here to say, like, I'm going to take care of you. Like, you don't have to worry about anything. Like, I'm going to be your best friend. I'm going to take care of you here. And I want you to be safe and comfortable. And that was something so special and so sweet to kind of see. And Grace appreciates that because Grace has been kind of having to deal with the loss of her parents all on her own. She's been out in California staying with her best friend and her mom, and it's just been tough for her. So coming to this new place where nothing's familiar, everything's, you know, uncomfortable and different, and the people don't want her here. I mean, she's already off to a bad start, so I love their relationship, but essentially, we know that something's off, something's different. So it's not just your normal boarding school for rich children. So after Jackson kind of like warns her off, but first off, can I just say that I love Jackson's description? Like I thought Jackson's description was perfect. Like this bad boy that is kind of this like fierce protector, but also like kind of an a-hole to a degree was like interesting because I was like, dude, like, come on, like get it together. Like you're being so rude. But at the same time, there was like this level of like, you're doing this for a reason. I just don't know what this reason is for yet. So... I don't think, side note, this is like a side, I don't think that Grace probably ever made it to a single class because literally she had altitude sickness for like the first three days. Like they didn't make her go. And then she gets invited to this snowball fight. She gets invited to this like snowball fight and then she falls off of a tree. And after she falls off of the tree, she's been injured. And... It's just, like, this whole, like, moment. And then after that, her life is in danger again where she gets, like, a, like, glass, like, shatters and almost, like, kills her. And she almost dies again. Like, she literally just... She's, like, dying. She's about to die, like, all the time. And that was, like, she had, like, damsels in distress moments. But at the end of the book, she takes that damsel in distress moment and, like, reclaims it. I think was interesting, which I thought was just was 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 different and I thought that and that's probably why they're calling it the feminist twilight because she at the end of the book like takes it into her own hands and she isn't compliant with what's happening around her throughout the entire book even when Jackson was like a jerk to her in the beginning and I thought that was interesting as well but all to kind of bring it back in so Macy's getting her settled she's like dealing with the altitude sickness of being in Alaska for the first time And then we're introduced to Flint, who seems to be much more welcoming, much more appreciative that she's there. And we really have this sense that we can trust him. And I was like pissed off that we could not. It was very frustrating. I was like, dang it. I thought you were going to be a good guy, but he was not. Um, But we learned that his motivations for doing what he's doing were kind of blinded. I mean, he thought that he was doing what was best for his species and his people and I thought that was different and you know I mean he really had this sense of justification that what he was doing was right but just because I don't know I'm still sour about how he handled things um personally speaking I mean that's just how I feel 
But anyway, so she gets introduced to Flint, and Flint is this really nice guy, and the description from Jackson to Flint was just sort of like, there's this, like, dangerous bad boy vibe that kind of Jackson comes with, and with Flint, it's this, like, you know, good guy that just wants her to be happy and, like, all these things, and so it's like, you know, I originally thought that the trope was going to be that she was going to have to pick between the two of them, but... Tracy Wolf had Grace reiterate over and over again that it was it could only ever be Jackson. And so I was like, okay, well, so it's not that. So then what is like Flint's purpose in this in this novel? And so then we kind of see that Flint is this like betrayer. And that's not something that like I was necessarily like expecting, you know he invites her to the snowball fight and he like puts her in this tree right like in the book and stuff and you know he's like trying to welcome her and trying to make her feel comfortable and like we get the sense as a reader that we can trust him but we can't you know and we don't know that till the end but she literally almost dies and he saves her and so it's it's framed like he saves her until jackson's like actually like on the low like he didn't save you he is literally a horrible human being and you should not trust him and of course I'm like why is he saying this like he's never been anything but kind to her and even when she finds out that like everyone in the universe at Capney Academy the boarding school is different like he's like basically one of the first ones to like embrace her and like tell her that like like, has this, like, they have this, like, moment of them, like, roasting marshmallows, and, like, it's actually really cute, and he's, like, answering all our questions about, like, what he can do, as, like, far as, like, breathing fire, breathing ice, like, having flowers grow, and so, like, you really get the sense that, like, you can trust him to a degree, so, I don't know, I liked, I liked Flint in the beginning, and then I was, like, disappointed by him in the end, but I think that's kind of how most of the readers felt, if you felt any differently, like, please let me know on the Instagram, please DM me or send me an email, because, I don't know. I thought it was it was so frustrating to me. Um, also, like, I felt like her and Jackson are just, like, a, a thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I just really like them together. Like, I really just, I thought that they were so cute together. I don't know if that's just me. You can let me know. I haven't, I haven't read the second book. I don't know what's going on. Um, but I, like really enjoyed them together I thought they were very cute um okay as far as the characters go obviously I said there was there was Flint um and there's Jackson and there's Grace and there's Macy and Macy's dating Cam and obviously we didn't get a lot from Cam I didn't feel like in this series, I felt like, you know, he was a character that was there and we focused a lot on the relationship between Macy and Grace as like cousins and becoming, you know, family and becoming best friends. Um, But one character, as far as disappointing it goes, that I just don't even have the words to, I don't even know, describe was literally... Hudson's girlfriend I don't even like want to say her name Hudson Vega Jackson Vega's brother who he murdered which was interesting which I was like what the heck I was like 
are you being serious? I was like, we have a murdered brother. But I get the sense of, like, I feel like there's more to the story than, like, what they're saying. And the Order, like, which is the vampire group, is, like, backing Jackson's story up on this. They're like, yeah, like, that's so true. Like, he was, like, a horrible human being. And, like, he was going to, like, ruin everything. And, like, yeah, like, that's definitely, like, probably, like, true. But I also, like, was questioning the Order's motives because I got the sense that there was, like, this, like, blinding loyalty to him now that he is like the heir apparent and so in that extent I thought things were probably a little bit there was more to the story I felt like and I couldn't figure out what that was but I did have the feeling that there was going to be more to what like that was not the end of their story if that made sense the other thing that I thought was interesting about this book back to Hudson's girlfriend, Lila, that I am disappointed with. I mean, she went bad crazy. Like, I mean, bad. Like, it was not a good moment for her. Like, she literally was just, like, sick in the head. I, and, I mean, it felt very similar to when Bella almost dies in Twilight. Like, it on this whole altar moment, like, she can't, like that was crazy. Um, That was just, it was so similar. I was, like, I literally reading the part of like Stephanie Meyer's book where Bella like gives herself up in the ballet studio that's how I felt with this one but at the same time I felt like there were a lot of like differences between the books like I felt like you know obviously Grace takes things more into her own hands I mean she's not compliant to listen to Jackson she's not compliant to listen to you know Flint she's she's kind of her own woman to an extent and I liked the, the thing is I mean, who doesn't like a good vampire book? We've been obsessed with vampires since, like, 2010. Like, the continuation can just can, can keep happening. I think they're fun to read about. The other thing about this book that ha- is completely different from Stephanie Meyer is that, like, it's a magical academy. Like, it's a lot more, like, Legacies and, like, the Vampire Diaries series, I would say, than character-building-wise world building wise in Stephanie Meyer because in Stephanie Meyer's world it was literally just vampires and werewolves versus in Wolf's world it is several different things I mean there's a dragon in this book and then okay first off okay the end the ending of this book really got me because I was like what the heck like I was like are we being serious like she's a gargoyle like she became Grace is a gargoyle and the thing about Grace that I feel like was so interesting to learn is that like her parents had this complicated history of like her father gave up his powers so that he could marry her mother and I thought that was kind of an interesting little spack story um also learning that her parents didn't actually die in a car crash but that Lia killed them so that they could, she could lure Grace to this Academy Academy, so, because she was a gargoyle, but I was like, what the heck? I was like, this is just so much information for my brain to be processing. Also, this is a very long book, so I, I, I would say that if you're gonna stick around and read it, like, it's, like, literally almost 600 pages, so there's a lot to go on, and I definitely did take a while for, like, the book to kind of get in the groove of what was happening but like I said you know this is a world building she's kind of trying to branch off there's currently I think six books one is a companion um I'm looking forward to reading book numero dos because we ended on a cliffhanger where Hudson Vega who was being originally tried to be brought back by Laya comes back tries to kill Jackson then she like jumps in front of Jackson to save his life and she turns to stone 
Like, she is a gargoyle, and apparently nobody's seen a gargoyle in over a thousand years. And I was like, literally, what the heck is going on in this book? I was like, I am having a moment. Like, I am traumatized. Like, I don't know what's going on. So, in that sense, I was like, I don't know what's going on. But... I liked this book. It definitely has hints of, you know, Twilight. It's got a lot going on in that sense. But, I mean, there are other things that it offers that Twilight doesn't. I mean, it's more modern in the sense that it has, you know, intersectionality between what's actually happening in 2022. There are dragons, gargoyles, vampires, werewolves, witches. Like, the whole scene. And there's some unique relationships building and forming and I would be interested to see I mean the thing is it's definitely like a little clicky but that's how high school is and that's what it's supposed to be and it definitely feels a bit on the younger side than Twilight does but again like I said that's it's a YA book it is going to be a bit on the younger side that's just kind of inevitable but I really liked it um I would love to hear what you guys think what your guys's opinions are let me know let me know if you've read it let me know if you're going to read it I would absolutely love to discuss it further with you guys um as always I will link the playlists that are inspired by this book obviously this is a shorter podcast being back but I just kind of wanted to dip my toes in first and just do a little review not super long not super short but that you guys could listen to um let me know if you guys have any thoughts any surprise reactions just anything about the book at all let me know um and I'm looking forward to reading book two so stick around next week where I will be hopefully reviewing book two and if it's not book two it'll be a standalone novel that I've read in the last I don't even know how long since I've recorded but if it's not that it'll be it ends with us um so just let me know everybody don't be afraid to reach out and hit us up at lit.crit.podcast I will see you guys next Monday